welcome to the third episode of the Go Blue Cast. My name is Rowan and I'm here with the UTools program today. They're going to introduce themselves and talk about their program. Um, I will start. My name is Joy Douglas and I have been with the UTools program um, probably for about uh, close to 10 years now. Um, I work with a nonprofit called Career Transitions Incorporated. And I have been working in uh, foster youth programming for a little bit longer than 10 years. Um, U-Tools is one of our uh, programs that we offer to foster youth. And um, this particular program, U-Tools, is intended to provide um, some college access uh, programming to foster youth. Thank you, Ms. Joy Douglas. Next, we have Ms. Antoinette Worth. And I am the board chair of uh, Career Transitions. Uh, we run the U-Tools program. Uh, the U-Tools program is funded by the State of Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. Uh, we've been doing this for about uh, 10 years and uh, hopefully we'll continue uh, in partnership with the U of M Dearborn. Thank you, Ms. Antoinette Worth. Next, we have Mr. Perry Boyd. I have had the privilege of working with the U-Tools program for the past three years. In addition to that, I have partnered with the U-Tools program with our GEAR program to provide some activities and workshops during their summer preparatory program. Well, thank you guys for introducing yourselves. The program sounds really interesting, and I think we're going to have a great conversation today. So to start off, Kind of like, what does the U-Tools program do for foster youth? Like, what is your goal and how often do you interact with the students? In the U-Tools program's goal is to provide information about college to the foster youth. Many of the youth in foster care um, have, have no guidance in terms of their uh, family and because they sometimes have um, transfer a lot from school to school. They don't get that school counselors. And so they kind of tend to think that they can't go to college. Where am I going to get the money? How am I going to survive? Where am I going to live? That kind of thing. So we cover um, a number of uh, areas uh, in the, during the program and including uh, admissions, how to pick a college, being in high school and the importance of staying in school and the importance of being successful in high school, not dropping out. Uh, they also get to learn how to put a resume together, together, how to do their applications and college essays. Um, they get information on preparing for the ACT or SAT. And very important to these youth is how to complete the FAFSA applications. Yeah, so the reason why we targeted foster youth is because um, foster youth um, really come up short when it um, comes to a lot of different areas, particularly education. Um, they have higher dropout rates, um, like Antoinette mentioned. Um, a lot of foster youth have different, um, end up living in different homes, and so they transfer schools a lot. So there's this continuity of um, education. So in addition to having educational challenges, um, there's not a whole lot of support financially. 
um, and even from their families um, to continue uh, their education, um, including post-secondary education. So uh, we created this program around the fact that these kids need this support. They need um, support, everything from like even thinking about the fact that they can continue their education beyond high school to how to pay for it and some of the other things that Antona had already mentioned, like career development, like planning, like what type of school they want to go to based on what their career interests are, preparing for like SATs and the application process. So basically from the very beginning to the very end of like getting admitted, going to school and knowing um, what types of supports are available to them on campus. Yeah, that's awesome. And Perry, how did you guys connect and bring you to U of M Dearborn? Well, I've been at the University of Michigan Dearborn for 23 years now. And from my understanding, the UTOS program was active on campus in partnership with the admissions office for several years prior to my connection with the UTOS program. And as I had mentioned previously, I have been working with them for the past three years. But prior to that, I, I was able to partner with them with some workshops and activities through our GEAR program, which some of the UTOS participants were able to interact with our students and some of our staff. And the great thing about the partnership we have <clears throat> with the UTOS program it affords the UTOS, SUTOS participants the opportunity to come on the college campus, to interact with college students, to understand what it's like to sit in a college classroom or lecture room, and then to not only and then, then to experience some mentoring from some of our college students, which are often some of our gear up staff. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And I think all schools should have a UTOS program. I think it's really beneficial to the foster youth. Um, so that leads me to my next question. How did you guys find out about UTools and what made you want to work for the program or work with the program? Okay, well, we submitted a grant proposal to the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services to run this program. So the state actually uh, came up with a, an idea that they needed to have some type of program for foster youth that addressed the issues of career preparation. They put it out for bid and we bid on it and we we received it and so we've been continuing to get refunded each time and some every couple of years they'll put it up for bid again and we bid on it so because I think because we have the experience of doing it we keep winning the bid so uh, <laughs> that's yeah. awesome you guys are probably making a really big impact in the youth's lives so you should get refunded every year <laughs> well one of the things that um, I think gets us in there too is that. Um, Back in 2005 to 2010, we ran a uh, program for foster youth um, that was funded by uh, Casey Family Programs, which is, and they're a big uh, supporter of foster youth programs around the country. And so we became familiar to all the state people, and we worked with the kids who, who were aging out of the foster care system and trying to direct them to their next part of their lives. So it involved, you know, maybe just getting a job or, you know, going into a technical school or, or going into college. So we had a lot of experience doing that from our, our other grant. 
I would like to add something. So it, it'd be, I think it'd be interesting to talk a little bit about some of the topics that we covered during our YouTube sessions, because there are topics that are specifically laid out that, that need to be covered during the summer preparatory program. And then there are some topics that are covered with one of the books, one a famous book that's written by the, was it the seven, seven habits of highly effective teens. Great. And so I think that it'd be good if we could talk a little bit more about that. Okay, well, I'll just kind of give you an idea of what the topics are that we cover. So we cover the ACT and SAT. We provide the students with background information on the types of questions that would be on it. And then we give them the schedule of when the testing happens. And we also give them information about how to prepare for, the, for taking the test. And then we also cover um, study habits. How do I identify uh, resources in their high school to prepare them for their next step in life? Uh, we do uh, financial aid, of course, and we there's um, the state has a program uh, for foster youth called the um, Michigan Education Training Voucher, and so we explain to the students how to access those funds. And we also uh, have someone from the U of M Dearborn who talks about um, the uh, financial aid opportunities, uh, other methods, and including how to apply for FAFSA to get financial aid. Um, in many cases, some of these students don't have uh, their birth parents available to them. So they don't have, the, they have the, this special, um, requirements of special ways for them to apply in the section where it asks for your parents income and stuff like that and the taxes and stuff so um, we also cover how to access scholarship information online and how to uh, create a resume for school we do um, each student prepares or gets uh, during the course of the program they'll um, prepare their own little education portfolio which, where they're going to put in all the information that they're receiving and um, including the things that they do like their resume or any um, any other uh, projects that or activities that they may do during the sessions. We also cover um, the issues of diversity and uh, very specifically with the LGBTQ communities because uh, we do have a significant number of foster youth who identify with those groups? So um, all of the program that we do is themed around, like Perry said, um, uh, Stephen Covey's book, The Seven Habits of um, Highly Effective Teens. Um, and so we try to incorporate those habits and they're all about like planning, um, communicating, being positive, um, making good decisions. So I, I won't get into you know, all seven of them, but um, these are all um, habits that um, we believe that if these, the young people incorporate these in their lives, then they'll be successful um, educationally, you know, with their career and their plans going through post-secondary education. So, um, so that's a really cool part of the program. In addition to that, um, Perry, um, helps us to identify some pretty dynamic speakers that we bring in. Um, and we try to bring speakers that 
um, can relate to the issues that our youth are going through. Um, so a lot of them are, are younger, you know, near peer presenters. They're doing things that are really interactive. Some of them have been through tough times themselves and they can speak, you know, personally about their struggles um, or challenges um, preparing for life. <laughs> um, so we have um, speakers that um, that present on all of the topics that Antoinette just mentioned. Yeah, one of the other things that we do um, give them information on is uh, there are some universities in Michigan that actually have programs specific for foster youth. Um, so we give them information on that. There's one at Wayne State, one at Michigan State, one at Western Michigan University. Um, again, there's U of M, U of M and Arbor. The U of M, yeah, U of M and Arbor has the Bleeding Scholarship. So the CETA scholarships out of um, Western. So they actually have counselors and advisors who are dedicated just to helping the foster youth um, navigate the college system and and help them to be successful. Yeah, I know. When I was applying for my Master's of Social Work at U of M Ann Arbor, there's like a specific scholarship program tailored towards child welfare, and they actually favorite people who aged out of the foster care system Correct. because they can relate to that um, right. aspect of social work. So that's pretty cool, and I'm glad that more resources are being provided for foster youth, and I think you guys are doing great uh, work. So, Perry, do you have anything you want to add? Well, I would say that the working with the University of Michigan Dearborn Gear program for this would be my third cycle so the each of the grants are seven years we're in our first year of gear and so one of the populations that we do target are students who are homeless or who are students who are in foster care oftentimes that information isn't disclosed us so it's hard to difficult to identify those students and one of the one of the other programs we have in our office which is our student support services program which is a TRIO program funded by the U.S. Department of Education, we do, we are tasked with helping students who are homeless or aging out of foster care secure housing, temporary housing during breaks, which includes semester breaks and summertime. Correct. That's a, that's a really key um, point uh, that uh, he makes, uh, the whole issue of um, housing. So um, I think uh, Joy asked me to tell you this little story we had um, a young man in our program a number of years ago and he kept coming into the office every day and working in the computer lab and he would be there like from eight o'clock until we closed at five o'clock and one day I went in I'm like you know John what are you doing in here are you you know working on something in particular and he said I'm looking for a college to go to and I said oh good what do you want to study he said I want to be a nurse and I said, great. I said, you know, there are a number of nursing programs right in the area here. Uh, and I mentioned a couple of the two-year schools. And he said, oh, no, I got to go someplace where there's um, dormitories because I have no place to live when I age out in a few weeks. So his only reason for going to college was to find a place to live. And um, it didn't seem to fit with uh, really wanting to get an education. So we had to, you know, re-look re at all the things that we were working with him on and get him redirected into the, you know, and, and then help him find a place to live. And eventually uh, we found another student uh, 
who was had been in foster care who had aged out a year or two before and he was looking for a roommate so we were able to get them together but that's what their mentality is it's like they need a place to live as they you know when they uh, age out and college is a good place to look for a place to live yeah so, so currently there's no like system in place like once a child ages out of the foster care system there's no like transition like oh you could live here oh here's how you find a place on your own there's nothing like that currently not that i know of do you, are you aware of anything no i mean i there are um workers that you know through the state that um you know try to work with youth but i don't think that there's really any sort of um program or, or system that that is um very, you know comprehensive that really tries to um help kids come up with a plan for after for after they age out of the system wow that's crazy i didn't know that so this is kind of like with our with the programs that we're talking about provide those students with resources that assist with that issue of having housing. And I can give you a good, a, well, not a good, but an example. My daughter who went to, she went to University of Michigan, Flint, and during her breaks, she would come back home during the summer and, you know, between semesters, but she had a friend whom she dormed with was who aged out of foster care and she stayed on campus because they had a program for foster foster care youth who aged out. But they, she had nowhere to go because she had no family. So she had, she if they didn't have the program for her to stay there, she would have had to seek housing somewhere else. Now the, the universities that I mentioned earlier that have the specific um, counseling and advising programs plus youth have that was one of the first things they addressed was holiday schedules, like where will these kids go on the holidays? And um, so now they have opened up their dormitories to these kids. Uh, the athletes always get to stay. Mm -hmm. Why can't these foster youths stay? So now, yeah. and that, that was a big issue that the kids brought up themselves. Like, you know, you let the football team stay. Why can't I stay? <laughs> exactly. And, and, so. and I'm glad colleges are making a change and allowing people yeah, I, I know originally when some of those um, scholarships um, came out, first it was just um, throwing money at, at youth and not really thinking about um, the, other, the other aspects of them going to college, like where they would live. And so they were finding that, you know, just giving a kid a scholarship wasn't enough. They needed to really develop programs around supporting them so that they would be successful. Yeah. yeah. Do you guys have any other impactful stories from your time working with U-Tools that you would like to share with us? Well, one of the, it's, I don't know if this is an impactful story, but this is one of the other, I think, pretty cool things about the program is that um, we do it on campus. We've, we've been partnering with the University of Michigan Dearborn so that um, we could host it on campus. Now, originally that's, you know, that was the plan um, that we would host it right here at Uven Dearborn so that some of these youth who've never been on a college campus before would be able to see and experience what college life actually looks like, what the classrooms look like, what the computer labs look like, what the um, rec centers look like, what the students look like, um, just to help promote that college going culture. Now, because of the pandemic for the last um, two summers, we really haven't been able to do anything on a college campus. 
we've been trying to do some things virtually, but this summer we're hoping to do some in-person um, in-person sessions, um, which we're really excited about. Um, we cannot um, do it on campus yet, um, but we're planning on doing it in person, off site, um, so at least we can have that face to face interaction with some of the youth, which which is important. Yeah, exactly. I agree. I think um, the one thing that we haven't mentioned is that although it's called a college preparation program, we also address the issue of those to those students who don't want to go on to college, maybe just want to get a uh, technical degree or maybe become a police officer where they go to the police academy or you know things like that so we do bring in uh, guest speakers from uh, some of those areas to speak to the kids about uh, some of them might want to go into uh, the big thing is for the girls is cosmetology and doing nails and that kind of thing you know that's it's all about preparing them for their career, whether it's through the college or through a technical school or a trade school or something like that. So we do have, we do address that issue. And if they want to go to work, then, you know, we'll direct them to how to get a job. So, but we don't spend a lot of time on that part. We'll send them, get some resources for them. Yeah, that's awesome. And I'm sure the students appreciate that. You know, not everybody wants to go to college and some people don't like feeling pressured. So I think that's awesome. I do have a question for Joy and Antoinette. So one of the questions I have is that, what is the population gender, racial gender that we normally serve? How are the students recruited? And how long are the summer sessions? Good questions. Yeah. We open it up to all. Um, youth who meet the um, eligibility requirements. So they have to have been um, in the foster care system between the ages of 14 and 20 and reside in Wayne County. Um, so, you know, we open it up to all. Um, it just so happens that the foster care um, facilities that we partner with happen to service more young ladies. And so we do end up um, with the majority of young ladies that are participating in E-Tools. Well, our program this year is going to be um, the weeks of August 2nd and August 9th. It's 10 full days of sessions. Uh, each session starts at 9.30 and goes till 3 p.m. How do, you, how do you become a participant in this? You have to talk to your uh, caseworker or the Michigan Department of Human Services education coordinator and get a referral and they send the referral to us and then we'll contact you to set you up for the program. We do provide, we do have funds to provide uh, help assist with transportation. If anybody needs it, they will get um, a snack in the morning, a full lunch and a snack in the afternoon. We provide them with any, you know, materials so you get, they get notebooks and whatever. Um, pens and pencils or whatever they need to to do it. Um, this year's program is going to be held in at Vista Maria in Dearborn Heights. Basically they just have to talk to their caseworker or or their uh, education coordinator. You know that actually leads me into my last question. Uh, what advice would you give the youth that are trying to join your program? Any words that you would... I can address that. Um, you know Normally, we, we operate the program during the summer. Um, I know 
you know, a lot of times kids are, you know, they don't want to do anything that is educational during the summer. Um, but um, this is like some really valuable information that they will be able to, to utilize um, for many, many years. Um, if they just keep an open mind, um, they will get some, they will develop some skills and get some information um, that can really help prepare them for the future. So, you know, I'd say give it a chance. We do incorporate some fun activities. It is not all like school. It's not it's like school at all. I mean, we do have presenters, you know, we do have speakers that come in and talk to the youth. Um, but mostly it's inspirational and it's valuable information that they can utilize. I do have one other question, my final question. So if, if working with the youth tools for the past three years, I've noticed that 95% and up of, of the students are female. Is it, the, is it the case that most of the students in foster care are female? And if, if, if that is not the case, why is it that we have most often females attend these summer programs rather than males? We have, a, we have a great partnership with Vista Maria and it just so happens that they only serve young ladies. Um, and so it just so happens that those are the participants that we get in the program. Now, when we did our virtual sessions, um, we did get quite a few males and it was probably like 50 50 percent were, were were males but um with the in-person sessions it's just because of that strong partnership with this maria um they transport their kids to the program you know when we did it at university of michigan dearborn they provided that transportation we do have funding to provide transportation for other youth um, we do not restrict it to just um, young ladies it just so happens that that's what's, what's occurred in the past couple of years. Yeah, so the question wasn't to put you on the spot. It's just interesting that even working with the programs that I work with, our College Day program, King Sylvester Park Initiative, our Gira program, our Upper Biomedical Science program, I've noticed a trend that generally during summer program activities, we get a much higher uh, response from females than we do males to participate. And so I'm just wondering if there's a correlation there, or maybe it's, it's a good field of research, maybe for someone yeah, this <laughs> to is a good determine, field of research, you know, what, what's going on. But I often tell my son during the summer months is that, you know, it's that's an opportunity for you to get ahead because I, I'll give him an example. I said, if you if you study something new every day over three months and your friend is playing video games for three much, how much more will you know more than will you know than they do? At the, and when the year starts, and he's just like a whole lot more. And so I'm just telling him that's an opportunity to, you know, develop your mind more. And it's not even about spending a whole lot of time. Two, two weeks is not a lot, a lot of time yeah, exactly. out of your life to learn something, you know, new and interesting. And as, as Joy said, all the activities we have are engaging, inspirational, and it is a lot of good information. Like it's life-changing information. So I, if, I, if I would encourage, if I was going to talk to students, I would give them something similar yeah. to what I would tell my son about, you know, the importance of just growing your mind and just re just constantly wanting to learn something new every day. Yeah, I think that's good advice. The students would definitely benefit from that. 
Um, so I don't have anything else to add on. If you guys have any more closing words, we'd love to hear them. Thank you for the opportunity. Well, thank you. Uh, thank you guys for being here. I appreciate you guys coming. And I'm glad we got to learn more about the Utils podcast. So see you, you guys on the next episode. Thank <laughs> you.